Hi, you're listening to Old Low, an audio series brought to you by Lakshmi Kumaran and Sridharan, a leading Indian law firm. At the firm, we are proud to combine the knowledge of law with extensive experience in industry and technology in order to design practical legal solutions for our clients. This podcast series is a part of our knowledge sharing initiative where we will discuss notable judicial and regulatory developments and analyze the business implications of the law as it evolves in India. OFAC Insights into the US sanctions regime. In the previous article, we shed light on the nature and extent of Western sanctions. We explained that among the numerous measures adopted by the Western nations in response to the Russia-Ukraine conflict, unilateral sanctions have been employed as a primary instrument to economically penalize Russia and its allies such as Belarus. As a leading user of sanctions, the United States has one of the most comprehensive legal frameworks for the imposition of sanctions that it can be mind-boggling for both US and foreign businesses alike. One of the key agencies implementing sanctions in the United States is the Office of Foreign Assets Control, that is the OFAC. This article intends to discuss some of the salient aspects of the US sanctions regime as administered by the OFAC. To give an overview, the OFAC is a body under the United States Department of the Treasury. It administers and enforces economic and trade sanctions based on the US foreign policy and national security goals against targeted foreign countries and regimes, terrorists, international narcotic traffickers, those engaged in activities related to the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, and other threats to the national security, foreign policy, or economy of United States. Those engaged in activities related to the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction and other threats to the national security, foreign policy, or economy of the United States. The power of OFAC to implement sanctions derives from statutes enacted by the U.S. Congress, executive orders issued by the U.S. President, and the federal regulations formulated by the competent branch of the U.S. government. We may now discuss the specific bar on specially designated nationals. One of the key mechanisms by which the OFAC gives effect to the sanctions administered by it is the list of specially designated nationals or SDN. The SDN list is a list of specifically sanctioned persons, companies or organizations whose assets in the United States are frozen by the OFAC and with whom engaging in business is strictly prohibited. It is understood that one of the reasons for maintaining such a list is that the persons in the SDN list may move from country to country or may be operating from more than one country. One of the important aspects of the SDN list is that the OFAC also prohibits US persons in dealing with an entity that is not part of the SDN list, 
if 50% or more of that entity is owned directly or indirectly by an entity or a person named in the SDN list. We now discuss certain transactions which are allowed through licensing. It is important to note that the prohibitions imposed while sanctions administered by the OFAC are not absolute in nature. That is, a US person may obtain a license from the OFAC for engaging in transactions with the sanctioned entities. There are two types of licenses which can be issued by the OFAC. The first one is general and the other one is specific. While general licenses authorize a class of persons to engage in a particular type of transaction, specific licenses are issued to a particular person or entity to engage in a specific transaction. There are specific terms and conditions attached to both these licenses which are to be strictly complied with. The OFAC's regulations may also provide for a specific licensing policy for specific transactions where such transactions are considered in line with the US foreign policy and national security objectives. Speaking of penalties, violations are strongly deemed by OFAC as a hazard to international relations and national security. The offenders thus risk financial penalties spanning from a few thousand to several million dollars, as well as jail term up to 30 years. There may be financial and criminal repercussions if an OFAC requirement is not followed. In fact, when an investigation is ongoing, the OFAC may block or freeze property of the alleged violators. Civil monetary penalties of up to 2,500,000 USDs or double the value of the underlying transaction, whichever is larger, may be imposed for violations of the sanctions. Anyone found guilty of willfully committing, attempting to commit, colluding to commit, or aiding or abetting the commission of the breach of the executive orders or the regulations may face criminal penalties of up to 1 million USD, 20 years in prison or both. We may now discuss the challenges this poses to Indian businesses. The US sanctions regime as administered by the OFAC is comprehensive and imposes substantive obligations. The obligation to comply with sanctions administered by the OFAC is upon U.S. persons, which have been defined in the U.S. law to include all U.S. citizens and permanent resident aliens, regardless of where they are located. All persons and entities within the United States, all U.S. incorporated entities and their foreign branches. However, there may be circumstances where a non-US person may be subject to OFAC sanctions. Many Indian companies are subsidiaries of US incorporated or resident businesses or branches of such businesses. In such a scenario, they would be obliged to comply with the obligations under laws administered by the OFAC. To comply with these obligations, 
Indian businesses may need to strengthen customer authentication and due diligence procedures to verify that the individual beneficiaries of any goods supplied or services provided are not on the SDN list. It would be advantageous to check upcoming operations in sanctioned regions to identify the recipients and the owners of counterparties and clients. Before moving through with a transaction involving parties based in the sanctioned regions, it is advised that Indian businesses operating outside of India have a compliance monitoring system to build, enforce and regularly update a strong sanctions compliance system. This system should focus on promoting a compliance culture and instruct staff members on how to comprehend and follow the compliance system's rules. Further, Indian businesses must also put in place required measures, policies and processes to reduce the likelihood of violations by adopting risk assessment and highlighting warning signs to enhance the system and corporate governance through routine audits. Thank you for taking the time for listening to the series. We would love to hear your feedback, comments and questions about the episode. You can write to us at podcast at the rate lakshmishree.com to know more. You can even suggest topics for future episodes you'd like to hear more about. Do check out our website www.lakshmishree.com which has been linked in the episode description below to keep abreast with the relevant legal updates. We hope you'll join us next week.